for your light. Thank you, Father, for your grace that is made available unto us. Thank you, O oh God, for the reason of your presence. As we stay in worship this morning, we thank you, Father, because you caused the streams of your spirit to come upon us. As we stay in worship this morning, we thank you, Father, because you let your rivers to be poured out onto us. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. We call for the rain of your presence. We call for the rain of your presence, Lord. Sing in worship about the rain of your presence. Father, we ask that you pour out, that you break out, Father, we ask that you let your rain come upon us this morning. Spirit of the come and make presence known me the glory says God of the seasons God of the rain God of the harvest no, God of the seasons God of the rain you hold my seasons in the palm of your hand God of the harvest God of the rain we ask for the former and the latter it's a song by um, I'm sorry can you mute? Can you mute your mic, Abel? 
So um, the song is um, by Pastor Chintok Church or Pastor Chintok himself. It's God of the Seasons, um, God of the Rain. You hold my seasons in the palm of your hand. God of the harvest and God of the rain. We ask for the former and the latter rain. And I showed you my God of the season, you hold the seasons in the power of your hands. God of the harvest, God of the rain, we ask for the fall. Season. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we speak about doors in the realm of the spirit, we thank you because you are the great door. You are the door within which every other door is embedded. You are not just the door, you are the destination. You are not just the door, you are everything that lies behind the door. It is you that we seek Jesus. It is your fullness we are seeking for. It is your grace we are seeking for. This morning, I see multiple doors open in the realm of the spirit. And I see the angels of God standing beside those doors. And I perceive in my spirit that the Lord God is speaking about doors that have been opened to people um, in seasons before now, but they never walked through it. They never walked through those doors. And for a while, those doors had been shut to you because you never accessed them in the right season. But as we pray this morning and as we began to worship, I perceived in my spirit that the Lord God Almighty had begun to open those doors again. He began to open those doors and he's speaking about the restoration of doors that had been lost in time, the restoration of opportunities that had been lost in time, the restoration of access ways that had been lost in time. And so even in this season, the Lord God Almighty begins to open unto you again that which was lost that which was lost, that which was gone. Some people will begin to receive the grace that they had lost, the oil that they had lost, um, capacity that they had lost. It is restored in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for opening those doors once again. Thank you, Jesus, for opening those doors once again. Only you can do these things because you are the God of seasons. So this morning, oh God, we are asking not just for the latter rain, but we're asking for the former rain. We're asking for the former rain, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We ask for the fall and out of We ask for the fall and We ask for the fall and out of We ask for the fall and we ask for the fall and we ask for the Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Father, I thank you because a door into time is open this morning. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, 
because we stand right in the middle of what seems like a confluence of time. And I thank you, precious Holy Spirit, because today um, in the spirit realm, people have the ability on this call to regain, to restore, to retrieve the things that have been lost in years before. And I thank you because they also have the capacity to bring forth and to speak forth the things that are to come. So God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that you will give your people the wisdom to maximize what you have given to them this morning. Amen. And on this prayer call, Lord, we will maximize the timeless river of God that is released unto us. Amen. To maximize it, Jesus. Show us, Holy Spirit, what to do, what to ask for, when to break, when to pray, when to declare, when to receive. Help us to navigate through the stream. Help us to navigate the stream. Help us to navigate the stream. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good morning again, everyone. Um, I bless God for what he's doing in your life and I bless God for how far he has brought us and like the song says um, there's a desperation in my heart and I, I could sense that that is not just me that the Lord is um, you know putting that burden in but I can sense that it is a desire of God for the time it is a desire of God for the season it is a desire of God for his people um it is a preparation for the restoration of things that have been lost um the desolation of former generations um i perceive that the spirit of god wants to restore it to his people um so there is a cry from heaven for a restoration um so yesterday while i was teaching at stretch i told people i said look out for things that will be found, things that will be restored to you um, in the next couple of days. Um, even some physical things that you lost, it may even be as silly as an earring. And you'll be thinking, where, where did I keep the other one? And then it appears out of nowhere. Um, things are going to reappear. Things that were lost are going to be found. Even people that were lost are going to be found. The Lord God of restoration, the God of seasons, the God of the harvest, the God of the rain is bringing back to you the things that were no more accessible to you because the door had been shut to you. But God is opening those doors again. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would have um, the sensitivity to know when that door flings open. Amen. And you will not corrupt the possibility of entering in um, because of something that you are yet holding on to from the past in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So um, the question is, what are doors? Doors are mentioned 180 times in the Bible. Um, just looking at it from the definition of human doors. Natural doors allow us to go from one place to another. 
And if a door is, is closed, then whatever that door um, leads to is shut from us, technically. And we are shut out from wherever that door leads. So when a door is opened, then the things on the other side of the door are accessible to us. So think about it from the natural definition. So a door enables you to go from one point into another, one place into another, one form of existence into another. And then, but if that door is shut, that means your access into the next place or whatever is behind those door, that door is limited to you. But if that door is open, that means you have access to it. You have the possibility of entering in and taking and gaining whatever is on the other side of the door. So in the same way, in the realm of the spirit, there are doors. There are doors that are open, that enable people to um, engage what is on the other side. So just because a spiritual door is open, doesn't mean that the door is leading into a glorious place. Doesn't mean that the door, because the spirit realm is like the physical realm. So it's like, you know, somebody tell you, I have opened a door onto Afghanistan for you. You know, and you're thinking, oh, could you, you know, more like a visa. Could you give me a visa to maybe like, you know, the United States or somewhere with less violence going on? So there are different places in the spirit realm. There are different um, rooms. There are different spaces. There are different locations, spiritual locations. So the question is, the door that is open in your life is open to where? Now, in the life of a person, you can have opening onto many doors. You know, um, so there are some doors that were open in generations. Um, there are some doors that are open in individuals in that time. There are some doors that are open um, in the future. So the question is, what door is open to you? Um, so there's some doors that were opened in generation, maybe fourth generation, third generation, second generation. And so today, those doors are open in the lives of children. And... Um, Sorry, one second. Um, yes, so some doors have been opened in generations past, and um, to today, the children are trying to deal with the effect of that open door. So it could be that a, a grandfather or a grandmother or a great-grandfather or just somebody opened the door to um, maybe violence by reason of murder that they committed. And then another generation arises and it's either they are being killed or somebody from that house maybe commits murder again. And you are wondering what is going on? What is this repeated cycle? And then who knows, maybe by four generations down, everybody has forgotten the history. It reappears again. And you are wondering to yourself, what am I dealing with? What did I do? But what you don't know is you weren't necessarily the one that opened the door. Um, sometimes if there's a door to rape, maybe somebody rapes another person's child and you open the door to the rape of little girls by reason of your action. And then got saved, cleaned up, never shut the door, never intentionally repented for what was done. Two generations down the line, your grandkids have been raped. You know, there are all kinds of things that are opened 
in families, all kinds of things that are open in generations, dedication to idols and idol worship. And you fast forward some years later, you know, there are all kinds of spirit trying to lay claim to what your grandchildren are building. And you're wondering what's going on. It is what was never shot in generations before. And they reappear in, you know, another generation. So there are generations, there are doors in houses, there are doors in families, um, there are doors in nations. Um, so you realize that um, some people, when the moment, for example, like us, like Nigerians, the moment we go abroad, we're, we're calmer, we're more understanding. But the moment you step into Lagos, especially, something, you just become violent and harsh. And, you know, you will not... You don't want anybody to ride, ride you. You want to stand on your right. And it's a door in the spirit realm. It, it, it's, the, it's what is at work, what is activated, and what has been perpetrated over time by reason of the words of men. Remember, one of the principles I taught you when we began is the power of words and how the spirit realm is governed by the words of men and how words produce life and how in the realm of the spirit, Satan cannot really take a thing from the point of um, intention into birthing. He, he would need to partner with a man for it to be established on the earth. And then when it has been birthed in the earth, the way that he ensures that it continues to exist is that he would make sure that it is pushed into um, the lives of the people and then it appears as culture. The moment it becomes culture, the moment a thing that began as a stronghold, you know, filters into culture, it, it it is, in fact, it is almost impossible for you to break it. So the enemy is highly systematized. And I was saying to you guys the other day, I said the same demonic host that fell from heaven is the same amount of demonic hosts that still exists. They don't give birth. They don't increase. They don't multiply. So what is, how is it possible that the amount of fallen angels that fell are still the same amount of fallen angels now? And the earth number has increased from Adam and Eve. It has increased to billions of people that now exist on the earth. So how are they able to manage? How are they able to cope? How are they able to ensure that from generation to generation that they are still in power? You see, they then have to take everything that they do and lock them into systems. Because the moment they are able to lock oppression into a system, then they can just leave that line and go to something else. So that's why you have things like strongholds, you have things like familiar spirits, um, you know, you have things like the, um, what is constantly replicating itself to generate. Please mute your microphone. I'm getting feedback from someone's mic. And um, what is constantly replicating itself through generations? Because all Satan needs to do is lock it into a culture, lock it into a tradition, and it becomes a system that just continues to grow. So like something like that, like I, I use Lagos as an example. Um, you come in here and you're like, you know, Lagos, and this is who we are. We are this, we are that, we are that. The more we speak, we're partnering with that atmosphere and we're growing it over the land. You know, it just continues to grow and it keeps the door to that kind of manifestation open over the land. So there are all kinds of doors. There are some doors that are open over systems and over some organizations. So you, you come into some organizations and you realize that most of the people there are dealing with depression. And you who used to be a happy, cheerful, you know, happy-go-lucky kind of person, after three months of working there, something heavy comes on you. 
And you are like, ah, ah, what is this? If you're a spiritually sensitive person, you will notice that it happens only when you are at the office. It doesn't happen when you're outside. Then you begin to add one plus one and you realize that there's something here. There's something here. There is a, there is a door that has been opened. There is an engagement that this organization has had with the spirit realm that enables the enemy pierce through the atmosphere and attack the, 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 the staff. And sometimes you notice that within that system, people are constantly dying. There's always death. People are always going for one funeral or the other. You know, so there are all kinds of doors that are open over places. You know, but this morning, I'm going to teach you about the existence of these doors, um, how to walk your way around them, how to walk your way through them. And by the spirit of the living God, um, as we go through, we'll pray. We'll pray at every point as the Lord leads us so that God will begin to show us how to shut, how to stop, how to um, break the things that have been opened or the things that have been existing through time. Um, so the first time we see a door mentioned in scriptures, is in the book of Genesis chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, open to Genesis um, chapter 3. So, uh, I can't even see my Zoom. Are you guys with me this morning? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay, great stuff. Great, great, great. All right, don't sleep on me. Uh-huh. No, we won't. Okay. <laughs> It's not today we are talking about those who sleep. Yeah. So, um, Genesis chapter 3 from verse 22 is the first time we see it um, according to 22. The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed a cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned on every side to guard the way to the tree of life. Now we know the background story. At this point, man had sinned. Man had stretched his hand. Man had married um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He saw it like he never saw it for the first time. I saw the possibilities of the tree and he stretched his hand to take it and to eat of it. And in the act of disobedience, in the act of um, truncating the work of time, I mean, what he should have accessed at a later time, he then accessed it early before he had grown into the revelation and the knowledge of how to manage it. Um, God looked and said, hey, listen, if we let this guy eat of the tree of the knowledge of um, of the tree of life, after eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he'll be stuck in the state permanently. There'll be no redemption for him. There'll be no possibility of you know him having um you know the new Jerusalem and the new earth restoration. Basically, God would have had to destroy him, as it were, because he would have become a perpetual enemy of God. There would have been no possibility of salvation. Because because salvation is that you are rescuing them from a broken system, a broken realm, and translocating them into another kingdom. So, but if they 
had eaten of the tree of life and they were stuck permanently in that state, there would have been no possibility of them being translocated in the spirit into the kingdom of God. You know, so God is like, hey, let's send them out of here. Let's put them out so that they don't access the tree of life. And then God sends them out of the garden and, you know, um, they, are, they, they are outside. And the Bible says that God puts cherubim at the, at, um, at the east of the garden, and then he puts a flaming sword. The Bible says, God put cherubim, he puts two cherubs at the, at the gate, you know, and he never really said it was a gate. He just said he put them at the east. So we assume that the entry point into um, God, the garden of Eden, as it were, is at the east, you know, so God puts um, them there, and then he puts a flaming sword that moves in every direction. So if you think about it, it's probably a sword or, a, or two flaming swords, or what did they say? It said a flaming sword and which turn it in every direction. So the sword is probably going round and round like this. And then the two cherubs are there. And you know you have the sword going round and round um, to guard the way to the tree of life. You know, So um, they are not able to enter except they are sliced by the sword. Um, so, and the cherubims are there to ensure that they, they are not able to enter until they have gone through the protocol of the sword. And I say the sword to you because I need you to understand that the first time that the door and the gate is mentioned in scriptures is number one, to keep people from accessing something that lies within a realm. And it wasn't restriction to destroy them or restriction to uh, maltreat them. It was restriction. Yeah, you're muted. Who muted me? As soon as you mute, please let me know because I'm just going to go on. Sometimes my Zoom is not open. So as soon as you mute everyone, please let me know. Um, okay, I'm not sure the last thing you guys heard. What was the last thing you heard, Stephanie? You said you were talking about the short to restrict Okay, so um, the first time we see the doors and, and God um, put the flaming swords, it was to stop them from accessing a place in the spirit realm. And the purpose of it was not to maltreat them. The purpose of it was not to um, restrict them as it were, but it was to protect them, to keep them from accessing um, uh, uh, um, the tree of life that was going to keep them permanently in that state. Now, what did God do? He said he put a flaming sword. Now, one thing I want you to note is that every time he speaks about the sword, it's referring to the word of God. And we know that the revelation began to describe Jesus as the one who, when John saw him in the vision, he had the two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. So part of the characteristics of Christ is that he is the one that is the double-edged sword. He is the one, and the Bible calls him the word of God that was made flesh. So when the Bible began to speak that the word of God is like a double-edged sword, piercing through soul and spirit, joints and marrow, you know, and able to reveal the thoughts and intentions of the heart, it's really speaking about this word, but it's also speaking about Jesus. So when the Bible says that he put two cherubs, he put a cherubim, he put cherubim, and then he put a flaming sword in the middle to lead to the tree of life. So basically it was Jesus. It was a prophetic representation of Christ. That is the door to the tree of life. That is the door, the entryway to eternal life. And so except, and that's why Jesus began to say that I am the way, I am the way, I am the way, except a 
man goes through me, he cannot access God. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot enter into the things of the spirit. So the first door that we see in scripture is Jesus. The first door that we see in scripture is the word. And the Bible says it was a flaming sword that was going in every direction. So the sword is able to cut through <clears throat> anything, any realm, pierce through any area of your life, but it's also able to go cut through any location. So any race, any category of people, any tribe, any tongue, the sword has the ability to cut through those barriers, cultural barriers, traditional barriers, generational barriers. It is the sword and his name is Jesus. And he calls it the flaming sword. So that means this sword does not only cut, this sword also burns. This sword does not only um put you in place or chop you into side this sword also purifies you so for you to be able to access the tree of life god needs to ensure that you have gone through the chopping and the burning of the word so part of the things that we go through or the in the deep is so that we may arrive at the place of qualification to eat of the tree of life remember the purpose of the eating of the tree of life is to seal us in the state of godliness. So before you arrive at the point where they say, take and eat, that means you have first been processed into godliness by the word. And then, then you are able to receive the reward, which is to be sealed in the state of godliness. So Jesus is that one. Now, why did God place a flaming sword, you know, to be the mark of it? Yes, prophetically, it represents Christ. But remember that there was no wall that was built around the God. Garden of Eden. There was no wall. The garden did not have walls. The garden did not have a physical gate as it were. So why did God then put, just randomly put um, um, cherubim and then flaming sword there? The people could walk through the side. They could walk through the back. But you see, that's the thing. They could not enter through any other way because it wasn't just that God did not want them to enter. It was that as soon as they left, because they had arrived at a state of blindness, they could not even locate the way in. So even if they wanted to come back into the garden, they could not find their way. Because remember, their sight had been broken. Their ability to see and to perceive had been broken. So the people that left the garden were not the people that were initially in the garden. So they could not see how to navigate themselves back into the heart of God, how to arrive back into the place of fellowship and into the place of intimacy, into the place of oneness with the spirit. So if the sword and the, and the cherubims were not just to keep them out, but was also to lead them back in, in the day that they were ready to come back into his presence. So if you were looking for God and in looking for a way into Eden, you will see a flaming sword burning. And if you allow yourself go through that sword, you need to realize that you draw nearer and nearer into the life of God. So it wasn't just to keep them out. It was to help them identify the path. And the path and the door is Jesus. So this is the first time that we see a door mentioned in scripture. And it is, it is what stands to between two different realms. The physical, the fleshly, the humanly, and the spiritual divine life that is located in Eden. And you remember that Eden was a place of unhindered intersection between heaven and the earth. It was a place where the glory of God and the personality of God could come down and meet with humanity. And there was an unhindered interaction. There was such a great flow of heaven heaven so if you walked into eden were you sure were you on earth or were you in heaven it, it was just so easy and you see that is the life that jesus has called us to live no wonder when he came he began to say 
pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So basically what Jesus was saying you should ask for is that there be an establishment of an Eden in you, around you, and through you. So Jesus was saying, hey, but for that to happen, you need to go through the word. You need to go through the sword. You need to go through me. I am the one that makes it possible for you to access. So this morning, let us first make a prayer that God, this door that you have revealed to us in scripture, my God will ask that you will cause us to be able to access it. Show us, Jesus, how to consistently go through the word, go through the piercing, go through the fire, go through the burning of your spirit. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask that that which you have kept for us, that which is hidden in your presence, that which is available to us in the place of intimacy and fellowship. God, let us never hold back from it. I hope you are praying. God, let us never step away from, from what you want us to receive, oh God, in your presence. But this morning we ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you would empower us to walk through this door, that you would empower us to see, oh God, um, all the things, Father, that are available to us in the spirit realm. That Lord Jesus, as you begin to present your word before us, we pray you give us eyes that can see your word. Can you pray? You give us eyes that can see your word. You give us the capacity, oh God, to be able to observe the things that you want us to know. Because the Bible that will be able to Tree of life, the sword that pulls you closer to the life of 
this is not the highest version of me, oh God, that you have come to exist on the earth. But Jesus, I am determined to break into it. I am determined to pull down every wall and every gate of limitation. I am determined, oh God, to collaborate with the spirit and to collaborate with the curtain and the piercing and the burning of your word until I arrive at the fullness, until I arrive at the whole man that you have called me to be. surgical, the surgical work in me until I arrive at the level of sight that you have. Until I arrive at the level of understanding that you have. Until I arrive at the level of revelation that you have. Until I arrive at the operation of the spirit of wisdom like you have. Just keep doing the surgical work. Let me rise up every day and throw myself at the sword. Let me rise up every day and throw myself on the sword. Do not let me resist the process of your sword, oh God. Do not let me resist the process of the sword. Help me to fall in love with the sword all over again. To fall in love with the sword all over again. Help us to fall in love with the process of your piercing. The process of your cutting. The process of your burning. Help us to receive it and embrace it because we see a picture of the garden that lies ahead of us. Because we see a picture of unhindered fellowship with you. Because we see a picture of unhindered intimacy with you. My God, we throw ourselves, we throw ourselves at the burning of your soul. Because you can't be trusted. Because you can't be trusted. You said the blows of a friend, of a faithful friend can be trusted. You are a faithful friend. You are faithful. You are faithful to my father, Abraham. And yet you are faithful to me in my time. Your resume is filled with acts of faithfulness. So you can be trusted. Even when you pull the sword on me, oh God, your sword can be trusted. Put me under by the anesthesia of hope. 
by the anesthesia of hope oh god let me stay under your hand let me stay under your heart. Give me a picture, oh God, of the life that I will have with you. Open my eyes to see the doors. The way Stephen saw a door in the heaven that was open. He was being stoned. In the day that Stephen was being beaten to death, the Bible records that Stephen saw an open door. In heaven, and he saw on the other end of the open door my God I ask that in the name of Jesus that you will cause our eyes to open this morning that you will cause us to see the door that is open the door that enables a man to go through the sufferings of this age oh God but to be able to see Jesus standing right at the top of it Allah came back so bad you are a friend that can be trusted you are a friend that can be trusted you are a friend that can be trusted Yes, we want to see like you see. Father, how can we access doors that we cannot see? How can we close doors that we cannot see? So put your hand on your eyes again this morning and say, I want to see like you see. As we sing that song again, pierce through me, cut through me, open me up, do your surgical work in me, till I see like you see. Pierce through me, cut through me, open me up, do your surgical work in me till I see like you see the spirit of God visiting the experiences of your past because there are so many things that your eyes have seen that have discolored the way that you see life, that has discolored the way you see God, that have broken the way that you see the things that are available to you. There are experiences that you have been through that have blinded you from seeing the access points that God has made available to you in the realm of the spirit. There are incantations and spells and hexes that have been placed on your eyes and they have made it impossible for you to see the demonic doors that Satan has opened. Even in your household, but this morning, as you sing that song, and as you say, Pierce through me, and as you say, Cross through me, open me up, do a surgical work in me till I see as you see the Spirit of God is opening the eyes of people. I see the angels of God pouring fire upon the eyes of people. I see the angels of God putting coals upon the eyes of people. Oh, Pierce through me, oh God. Pierce through me, call through me, open me up. Do your surgical work in me till I see like you see. Oh, I'm desperate, Lord. Pierce through me, call through me, open me up. Do your surgical work in me till I see like you see. Open me up, do your surgical work in me till I like you see. Pierce through me, 
Heal me, open me up to your surgical work in me till I see Oh, Shabare Kasovai. I see people being rolled in on those beds that they, they put you in on that ambulance. And I see people being rolled in. And I hear the angelic host of heaven saying, Incoming, incoming. And I see people that are strapped to the bed whose eyes have been pierced. They have been pierced by glass. They have been pierced by all kinds of objects. And I see there is a rolling in. And I see surgical rooms open in the spirit realm. And I see the angels of God performing operation on thousands of people. And I see the Lord. I see the Lord. Pulling out. Pulling out objects from your eyes. Pulling out objects from your eyes. Pulling out objects from your eyes. I see the Lord cleansing and washing the eyes of some people. Washing the eyes of some people this morning. You will see when you leave this prayer call. Perspective would have come to your spirit. Perspective would have come to your heart. I see people reversing decisions they made in a haste. Reversing decisions they made in anger. Decisions they made by reason of a lack of sight. Something is happening to you this morning. Something is happening to you this morning. Somebody is going to get a nanny go today because you are going to see, you are going to see the doorway that that person has opened in your home and that person has opened in your family. Somebody is about to begin to see patterns, 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 patterns. You are about to begin to observe patterns all over you. The things before that you could not see. I command your eyes to open this morning as you make that song to God, as you make it a chant in the spirit and as you begin to say, my God, pierce to me. I decree that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you are the path of restoration of sight. For you are you not the God that is able to birth a prophet in one day? Are you not the God that is able to open the eyes of a man and cause Jeremiah to go from an ordinary boy into a boy who is able to see concerning a nation? My God, even as we, your people, Pray this morning. Asovrene makatali arosetalaba. Rekaparu asatere gobotobra ekata. Let us ascend into the height of revelation. Let us ascend into the height of vision and sight and understanding. Let the operation of the seven spirits of God. Let it begin to be birthed in us. Let it burn in us, oh God. Let the fire of your revelation and the fire of knowledge and the fire of understanding let it burn in our spirits this morning. Karabosotolebahaya. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So just one more time, sing that song. Pierce through me, cut through me, open me up. Do your surgical work in me till I see like you see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
In Jesus' name. Praise God. Is anybody still with me or am I on this journey? Yes, yes, I hope you all are you were praying because something was happening in the spirit realm. You we must teach this topic today. Don't let me be turning, you know. Um that was that was a song of deliverance for somebody, and that was a song of restoration for somebody. Um, and that is a chant of the spirit that you must chant as you go through the day. As you go through the day, you must make that chant pierce through me, cut through me, do your surgical work in me until I see as you see. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop singing it as you go through the day. It's such a powerful song. Um, yeah, I know Victoria Renze sings it. I know uh, Pastor Chintok's songs, church sings it. So I don't, it doesn't even matter. What matters is that there's a piercing. There is a cutting. You understand? There's a surgical work that is happening. I receive so many testimonies from people. I'm just not, I just don't know how to do PR very well. If not, I would have been posting those testimonies and putting it on my Instagram page so that you can see them. Um, but so many testimonies are the most powerful testimonies that people consistently have been sending is freedom, liberation, and deliverance, a shifting atmosphere over them. Is that like PI, since prayer is like something has shifted over my life. You know, people who used to be depressed are not depressed anymore. You know, agitation is falling off people. You know, anxiety falling off people. Yes, that is what happens. When the word does a surgical work in you, that is why I don't just raise prayer points that are not coming from the left or from the right. I teach and we pray because the, the word is the sword. So when the word comes, it helps you to know where to pierce, where to cut, where to what to remove. So Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for that song. Bless your daughter, bless your son, bless your people, you know, for releasing that song over us. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful, Lord. We are grateful, Holy Spirit. Ah, we're grateful, Lord. All right, so we continue. We must go past that garden. Uh -huh. So let's be walking forward to doors. So that's the first time we see the door um, open in the spirit realm. Um, so the first time that the door is open, we see that there are, with every time, the first time we see a door, we see that there are two things that are placed there. The first thing is a spiritual entity. What we see that God places is a cherubim. There's cherub, which is one, cherubim, which is the multiple. So probably two, three, ten, we don't know how many inputs, but we shall know that there's um, cherubim. But you know, there's one other place that we see cherubim appear in scripture. It is at the throne of God. So basically what we call Eden or what Adam operated in and what he engaged in is something similar to the workings of God's throne. But we know that his throne is in heaven, which is like I was explaining the other day, the administrative hub, the administrative system of God's operations. It is his throne. Every time he speaks about his throne, he's talking about the administration of his will, you know, over the earth. So, and we know that over it, you know, because if you look at the structure of the ark, when you see the mercy seat, you see two, you see cherubim standing over the mercy seat, 
kind of like covering it. Um, so whenever you see the cherubims mentioned, know that the throne of God is not far from there. So what was being protected in Eden and what we are praying for, as we are saying, pierce through me, cut through me, open me up, do a surgical work until I see as you see. What you are asking God to do is to pull you into the center of the operation of his throne. Is to pull you into the center because what do the cherubims always cover? The sword, the mercy seat. And who is it that sits on the mercy seat, which is the lamb, the lamb that was slain. So no wonder you have two cherubims, two cherubs covering the flaming sword because he who sits on the mercy seat is the lamb that was slain, is the word of God. It is the sword. So what you see right there is what Moses began to replicate in the wilderness when the Lord said to him, create the ark. And we'll talk about the ark and doors. Create the ark. You're going to put, you know, the mercy seat and you're going to put two cherubims over the mercy seat. You know why? Because what was what we saw in Genesis chapter three is what Moses produced in Exodus, you know, as a symbol to the people that the Lord is now bringing you into what you lost in the day that you were driven out of the garden. But what is the mercy? What is the lamb sitting on the mercy seat? So what is in Eden, the mercy seat, the throne of God is what is in Eden is what is in Eden. So as you allow the sword to do a surgical work in you, what is it leading you into? The fullness of the operation of his throne. So when we speak about the tree of life, we're not just speaking about a fruit. We're not just speaking about, oh, you know, you come into a place of life. Look, there's a definition for that life. It is called the power of the throne of God. That is what you are coming into as you pierce the wood, the sword pierces through you and you go deeper and deeper into Eden. What you will locate is his throne. So um, the first time we see a door, we see uh, a spiritual entity, which is the cherubims. And then we see the sword, which is the word. And we know that in, within the word is the speaking of God and the policies of God and the protocols of God and the pathways of the spirit. All of these things are embedded in the word of God. Now, every time you see a door in the spirit realm, what you usually have is an entity standing by that door as a keeper, as a gatekeeper, as a doorkeeper to necessitate that the protocols of the door are adhered to before you can walk in or you can exit the door. There is always a word. And you see, the word may not necessarily be um, um, the word of God because it depends on the door. It could be demonic words, demonic writings, covenants that men have made with spirits, demonic spirits that are hanging over those doors. So for you to be able to enter or to come out, you must be able to deal with the word hanging over it. And as you deal with that word, the demonic entities or the, the spiritual entities, whether it be angels or whatever, they pathway for you to enter it. But to see what you must break through first is whatever the word is that is hanging over that door. That's why the Bible says you cannot enter a house to plunder it until you have first dealt with the strong man because there's always a strong man that is watching every door. So you are not just saying, God, I shut every door, I shut every door. What is the word hanging over the door? What is the agreement? What is the policy? What is it? That is why when we pray for things like open my eyes, open my eyes, open my eyes, help me to see so that you do not only know because I found out that there is another breed of Christians who are living in the perpetual fear of attack in the perpetual knowledge of the fact that there's violence there's violence there's demons there are things that are present that it's not enough to know they exist there's no question about it it's natural but the question is what do you know about their operation what do you know about the planning the scheming the plotting do you understand the mechanism by which they are 
crafting the attacks against you. Because you see, my mother will always say something. She will say, now who they house, inside house, now they open door for person when they outside. So to put it simply, it is the one that is in your house. It is what is that is what is within you that opens you up to what will come from outside to attack you. So you need to understand what is the inner agreement? What is the inner working of this oppression or this thing that I'm experiencing? Then there are some people who experience like open doors in the heavens, open ways in the heavens. You come into a place. So that's what I was saying to you guys that the Lord was teaching me to steal what the encounter that I had the other day while we we're praying and we, we, we saw the, the, the glowing image and it formed the baby. And the Lord is like, steal what they take the time to write down. What were the things that caused you to have that encounter as much as I could? Because you see, at the end of the day, it could just be God. It could just be my angel showing off. It could be anything. But at the same time, there is order in the heavens. There are, there are processes in the heavens. Things don't just happen, you know? So I understand that fully well. So as much as I can, and I'm still praying that God, show me, tell me, teach me, oh God, what was it I broke into? What was it we tapped into? What exactly was it we entered into? What was the path that led to it? Let us not just stumble into spiritual awakenings. Let us be able to identify the path that leads us there. Because until you can identify the path, you cannot pull a generation into it. So it was a door that was open to us in the spirit realm. And so I'm saying, Father, what is the writing over that door? And what is the entity that stands at that door? So that we may be able to repeat the encounter. And we may be able to pull many people into it. Let us fully understand what it is exactly. And I keep seeing the image. I keep seeing an image. I can't shake it off. It is the image of the children of Israel on the day of the Passover. And I keep seeing the image of the Lord saying, put the, the, put the blood of Jesus upon your doorpost. Put the blood of Jesus upon your doorpost. Holy Spirit, I pray that you cause me to understand what you're saying. Because I perceive in my spirit that um, the Lord God is speaking about the main entry door into the lives of people. Because the door that they on was upon the doorpost and the lintels of their windows so that when the angel of death passed by, he was able to identify which door not to touch, he was able to identify which door not to enter, which life not to enter because of the blood that was over the door. I remember I keep going back to Genesis chapter two, um, chapter three about the flaming sword, which is the lamb and the lamb was the one who gave his blood. So basically what the children of Israel were trying to say were these ones identify with the works of God. These ones are not in rebellion to the activities of Eden. These ones are seeking for an intimacy, are seeking to go and worship the Lord. So please do not touch anybody in this house. And I feel so strongly that the spirit of God is speaking about the, 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 door, the, the blood upon the doorpost of your life. He's speaking about the, door, the blood upon the doorpost of your family, the door upon the doorpost of your family. And the Lord wanted to save, wanted to restore, wanted to keep, um, people and things and possessions within your family line. And the Lord is saying this morning, can I have somebody who raises for me a cry of the blood over their door, a cry of the blood over their family, a cry of the blood over their brothers, over their sisters, over their father, over their mother. And I hear the spirit of God saying to somebody, your father is dead, your mother is dead. It is time for you to rise up and for you to be the gate keeper. It is time for you to rise up because there is space in your family right now. There is space in your family right now. I see the door. It is just hanging there and it 
and closing, open and closing in the spirit realm. And I see nobody standing and manning the door over your family line. And the spirit of God says, it is time for you to rise up and to become the doorkeeper over your family. And so this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus, by faith, oh God, we begin to decree that over our family's Holy Spirit, it is the blood of Jesus that stands. Amen. Over our family, we just put the blood of Jesus Amen. over the doorpost of our family. Amen. We put the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of our lineage. We Amen. put the over the doorpost, oh God, of the entirety of our lives. We decree Amen. and we declare that the blood of Jesus is the one that regulates our family, Amen. is the one that regulates our household. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus, let Amen. anything that can pierce through the world be the only thing that can enter our families. Amen. Let anything that can go through the um, through the cutting and the piercing of the flaming sword, let it be the only thing that can enter our family. Amen. Because this blood is a sign that in the day that the angel of death is moving it will not enter our house in the day that the angel of death or even demonic hosts are moving they will not come near our family because amen. the lamb and the blood is upon the lintel of our homes amen. in the name of jesus amen in the name of jesus and so father we declare that there is an installation of gods or there is a changing of gods right now in amen. the spirit realm a changing of gods a changing of gods and so in the realm of the spirit I see a change of God happening. This morning, if you would rise up as a son, this morning, if you will receive the call of God to be one who stands over that family line, if you will say, Lord Jesus, I position myself this morning and I decree that as one that has, the word has cut through and as one that the word has pierced through, I now stand and I invite the same sword into this lineage. And I decree that from today in the name of the Lord Jesus, is the family of the sword. This is the family of the burning sword. I de decree and I declare that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that in this house, the only kind of spiritual activities that enter through the door of our family, that enter through the door of my lineage, are spiritual activities that have been pierced and have been checked by the sword of God in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I accept and I accept this call, oh God, to rise up and to stand and to stay at the door of my lineage in the name of Jesus and I speak concerning my children that they also would rise up in their time to be able to stand and to make the same declarations and to man the walls and to man the gates of our families in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. A city whose walls are broken is defenseless. A city with walls that have no guards is also as defenseless. I pray that the Lord God Almighty will raise you and cause you to rise in your status in the spirit realm that you may be able to speak on behalf of your family, that you may be able to declare on behalf of your lineage. And as you speak and as you declare, things will shift. Curses will break. Curses will break. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Um, so, so every physical gate has corresponding spiritual gates. So you conquer a physical gate, it is imperative that you conquer the spiritual gate first. So the problem is many times we are running to conquer the physical, we haven't conquered the spiritual. So for example, if you have um, 
a spouse who is cheating, for example, before you are running to become FBI and CIA to investigate and to spend your time, your heart, your emotion, and all those things doing those warfare, stand back and ask yourself, what gate is open over the life of this individual? What is the curse of this action? What is the curse of this um, behavior? What is the thing that is lacking, missing, broken, that is resulting um, in this kind of perpetual inability to stay? So you want to address the gate in the spirit before you confront the gate in the physical. If you're the kind of person that every time you start a business, with all the zeal and agility and grace and capacity, it just never results in anything productive. You want to stand back and ask yourself, before you go and pay big money to get training in big institutes, stay back and address the spiritual gate first. And ask yourself, what is it? What is powering this consistent um, breaking of the things that I build, that I build. What is powering it in the spirit world? What is making it impossible? And so this morning, I pray that as we speak, the Lord will begin to show you patterns. And as he's showing you, write it down. Be writing it as I'm speaking. Anything that has consistently shown up, repeated cycle, I pray that the Lord will show you the entry point. And I pray that the Lord will show you the gate. And as you confront the spiritual gate, I pray that you begin to see results in the physical gates in the name of our Lord Jesus. Because upon every gate, there is a strong man. Now, there are different conditions by which you access doors in the, in the spirit realm. And so one of the conditions I want you to look at is in Psalm 24. In Psalm 24. In the book of Psalms, it began to say, who shall ascend the hills of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, and has not lifted up his soul, his soul to an idol, and not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessings from the Lord, that's verse 5, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be you lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may come in. Now, this is one of the first conditions in Psalm 24. Before you can command a gate to be lifted up before you can command a door to open he says who may ascend the hills of the lord verse 3 he who has clean hands pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to any idol nor sworn deceitfully clean hands the works that you do pure hearts your engagement with god and in the purifying of god has not lifted up his soul to any idol there is nothing that takes you or takes your attention or gets your commitment apart from the Lord. Neither do you give your words. I'm jokingly, the things that you say, you mean it, you, own, you see the power and you see the necessity of the text and you honor and you reference the word and you honor and you reference your own words. He says, a man that is able to steward these four dimensions is a man that can ascend into the height of God. But when you ascend into that height, what happens? You then begin to have the authorization to command doors and gates to open up. First criteria, you must be somebody with clean hands pure heart. You haven't lifted up your soul to any idol. So you are a man who goes to the consistent purging of God. You are a man who goes to the consistent restoration of God in your spirit, in your heart, and in your soul. The next thing I want to talk about as a criteria for accessing this door, to, uh, to be able to access doors in the spirit realm or conditions for opening doors is um, sight. Remember, Elijah said to Elisha, he said, Elisha, this 
this thing you are asking me for is a very serious thing. I can't even give it to you because I don't have it. He said, however, if you can see me leave, then you can access what is in the realm that you are asking for because what you're asking for is not something I have. I have a portion, but you're asking for a double portion. So for you to get a double portion, you will get it from the place where I got the first portion. So for you to be able to get it from the place where I get, got the first portion, I need you to know that a door will open in the spirit in the moment I'm taking away. Because for me to transition from this realm into the next realm, I will pass through a door and I will pass through a gateway and I will pass through a portal. So if you can keep your eyes on the time when I'm leaving, then that realm will be open to you and then your request can be granted unto you. So one of the conditions for being able to to access doors or to engage them is that you can see it. So the Bible says that Elijah, Elisha kept his eyes on Elijah. And so even though a chariot of fire came and separated both of them, as a chariot of fire, Elijah, Elijah could have been taken to look at ah, chariot of fire, what is that? But no, he kept his eyes on Elijah because he understood that the chariot of fire has come. I don't know where it came from. I missed that one. But if I can keep my eyes of him, on him, I know where he's going to. If I can see where he's passing, then perhaps as he's going through that door, I can say, hey, brothers on the other side, please throw me a double portion of what he has. Show me a double portion of what he has. The Bible says Elijah had ascended first before his rod came down. So perhaps the rod of Elijah, the mantle of Elijah, whatever it is, perhaps had touched something in the other realm first before it came down to the earth. So for you to be able to access that, you must see. You must have sight. Jacob said, the Lord was here and I did not know it. Because when he initially walked into Bethel that, that night, he did not know, he could not see. He just thought it was an ordinary ground and he took stone, he laid his hand and he said, it was by the mercy of God that Jacob was able to access Bethel. But you see, if you can see, if you understand what is happening, because it was the moment that Jacob understood that he was standing at a gate, he was standing at an open door. The Bible says when he woke up the next morning that he took oil that he had and he created an altar and he poured the oil on the altar. And I was teaching some people, I said, when you are traveling in those days, there are some things that are very important to you. Number one, oil. Number two, water. You don't travel without those two things. They were very strong and important commodities. But you see, as a man who is running from his father's house, there is only so much that you have because oil was used not just for the skin. Oil was used for cooking. Oil was used for lighting the lamp. So without his oil, there were so many things that Jacob could not do. So, but you see, when he woke up and he realized and he saw that, my goodness, there is a gate here. My goodness, there is a door that is open here. He took his oil and he poured it on the altar because he realized that if I can service this altar very well, I will not lack sight on my journey. I may not have oil for my physical lamp, but you see, the lamp of the spirit will burn over me and whatever path I take will be the right path. Jo Jacob understood that, you see, this altar here, this gate here is worthy of my oil. I can pour the resources I have here because my eyes open in this place something happens to me here and you see that's the problem that a lot of people have the very place that opens their eyes they don't know that that's where you pour your oil that's where you give your strength that's where you give your commitment because it does something for you it ensures that that altar is constantly burning and that you are constantly seeing once you touch something in the spirit room and you realize that 
Your grace is activated by fasting. Or your grace, everybody's grace is activated by fasting. Everybody should fast. Your grace is activated by a particular thing in the spirit realm. Stay with it, touch it, hold it. Don't try to be a spiritual genius. You are not supposed to do everything. You are not a, a multiple spiritual entrepreneur. So every, you are doing everything. You want to do a conference on this. You want to do a conference on that. You want to hold it. This. Look, listen to me. Find your oil. Find the gate of your oil. When you find it, hold on to it. So that's why somebody like me, you realize that no matter, even if I'm going to preach a sermon on stage, you give me 40 minutes, get ready for me to pray for 20 minutes. Because there is something my articulation does to my spirit. The moment I'm able to release articulation, not because I'm teaching men, but because I'm communicating with God, you can say, but P, I pray first before you get there. Yes, I pray before I get there. But the moment I am standing there, there is a door that I need to open. And I know how I open it. So when you find your door and you find your gate, pour your oil into it, grow it, strengthen it, empower it. Look for people who carry it and follow them and make sure that you hold them tight so that what you have can increase and multiply. And then one day people will look at you and you will realize that you have gone from being a man chasing a gate. You have become the gate in itself. So that when people encounter you, they now begin to walk in the thing that you have and in the thing that you carry. So one of the ways is to see, to see. That's why you can never stop praying that prayer, to see. And the moment Jacob saw, he was able to raise an altar. He was able to pour his oil. Something happened to his faith. And he said, God, if you will keep me in the way that I'm going, I will make sure I come back here. He was a covenant with the Lord because he saw. Another way is prayer. You all know prayer. And I say to you that prayer is not just a compilation of words, but prayer is a compilation of accurate words in alignment with the desire of God for a time and for a season. Because you see, that's why you cannot be caught in the loop of praying repeated prayers or doing the same things consistently. You cannot be caught in a loop of saying, okay, when we come, we'll first say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless you. You're not saying, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Then after that, you now begin to say, now let us begin to pray that the presence of God will come down. Here was the presence before. Where did it go? Do you understand? So you cannot be caught in that pattern of repeated prayer because you see, as new as God is every day, that is how your prayer should be new. Because how can you engage an ever-moving target if you yourself you are not moving? So we want to be stagnant and we want God to be stagnant like us when God is a journey. So if you will pray accurately, if you would access spiritual doors, you must be a person of prayer. And prayer is a verb. It's not a noun. Do you understand? It's an action. It's a doing. It's a movement. So a person that truly prays is moving through doors. Is moving through realms. So prayer opens it up to you. Prayer shows you. Prayer shows you what's available in the spirit. Prayer shows you what is accessible in the physical. And prayer shows you the connection between both realms. Prayer. So prayer is not just what you do to please God. Prayer is what you do to build yourself into the man that you are supposed to be. Prayer empowers you. Prayer positions you. Prayer strengthens you. So when I get the testimonies of prayer reign, just understand what is happening is prayer. Prayer is happening to you. Prayer is engaging you. Prayer is holding you. Prayer is pulling you into his realm. Prayer is pulling you into the place where it is. I need you to understand. Remember what I said, that every time there is a door, there are entities guarding that door. There are entities that are guarding your prayer chambers. There are entities that are guarding, because prayer is a door into the spirit. 
The moment you say kabo tika sute levate baru sate, it is like James Bond. You are pressing and you are releasing some codes, and then you begin to hear clicking doors, and things are opening up to you. So even if it is a prayer of repentance, he who has clean hands, you are ascending a hill. Even if it is a prayer of intercession, something is happening in the spirit realm. You are building energy. You are building energy. In the physical, you look the same. In the physical, tears are streaming from your eyes. But in the spirit realm, you are glowing and your glow is increasing. Your glow is increasing. So people's glow increase to the point where they become explosive devices in the spirit realm. And it doesn't happen once. Once they maintain that momentum of prayer, everywhere they enter, they are exploding. Everywhere they... So a man climbs on the pulpit and demons begin to scream. Blind eyes begin to open. He has said nothing yet. It's because he's a perpetual explosion. So anywhere he enters, Kebo Koboshete, they are running up and down because you can as people ascend heights of um of, of, of a power in prayer and then they fall back again prayer has entered and then you fall back again but you can maintain the momentum when you maintain that momentum and then ascending the momentum you are you become like a device that god is releasing it's like it's like a nuclear warhead and everywhere you enter into miracle signs wonders deliverance people oppression is breaking off people you yourself you are prayer. You become prayer. You are not praying prayer points. You are a prayer in itself. So everywhere you enter, it's almost like doors are opened in the spirit realm because you have become a key. You have become a key in the realm of the spirit. So prayer is one of the ways. And I'm taking time to explain prayer to you so that when you so that when you leave this fellowship until we meet again next month, you will understand what God is doing by reason of waking you up in the morning to pray. And you will not pray the way you used to pray before. You will pray finding God. You will pray searching for God. So when you go on your knees, asuka, 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 then you find the, the door. It will open for you in the spirit. Aha. Uh -huh. You will see the council of heaven sitting. And then you begin to hear what they are legislating and just there's nothing as annoying as a person that enters a room, does not even know what they are talking about and starts to say rubbish. There's nothing as annoying as a person that cannot read a room. So many of us spiritually, we cannot read the room. You just enter, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we begin to call the fire. We begin to call the fire. And God is like, Can you shut up? Can you shut up? Today is not that day. Rivers, rivers of life, rivers of life. But you are shouting fire. And the after shouting fire, the only thing you come out of your closet, which is a cracked voice, no fire. Because what heaven was releasing that day were rivers. So you need to be able to read the spiritual room and understand the spiritual temperature of the day. Because remember, when God will come down to engage with them. The Bible always said that he came down in the day, in the daytime. And remember, I said to you guys that there is a spirit of every day. The Bible that says he came down in the cool of the day. The word for cool is the word spirit. So there is a spirit of every day. So when you enter into the place of, the, of prayer, read the room. Read the room so that you can see the doors that are open. You can see the access that you have. Don't go and open a door that the Lord has shut. And don't try to shut a door that God has said should be open. So there are some days we enter prayer and God will begin to remind you of somebody you have refused to talk to for 10 years. You thought that your conscience was okay. You were gliding through life. You were actually having supernatural encounter self in those 10 years. You thought God understands. And then God brings that person back to your mind. 
I start to show you and say, listen to me. There is a door you are about to cross now. But you see, for you to cross this door, you need the grace over this person's life. You need the blessedness of this person's fellowship to open this door for you. And you begin to say, but God, did you not know? Have you not seen? Do you not understand? And the God will not remind you of my teaching. When I told you that the children of Israel, that God was telling Moses, go and command the children of Israel to honor their father and their mothers. The father and mother that God was telling them to honor, people who at that exact time were building golden calves. They were raising the more front of the children. And teaching the children how to worship a strange, worship a golden calf was a representation of what they desired, meat. It was a representation of what they were hungry for. They were raising an idol after their own hearts. So they were teaching them how to raise idols and how to serve God only in the deceitfulness and in the hunger and in the lust of your heart. So God said to them, he said, Moses, go and tell the children to honor them. Because you see, the children will come out of it. I will deliver the children. But the problem is, if deliver the children, the only testimony of their parents that the children have is that, oh, this is my father and mother that built golden calf, I beg. The children He says, go and tell them to honor them. And I taught you guys that the word honor is the word kabod, which means the glory of God, but also means the measure of weight. So he says, go and tell the children to know the measure of weight of their parents, the gold and the silver, because I, I, I ta I've taught everybody here the measuring system of those days, how to measure. You have those scales. I have one scale on this side, one scale on this side. And then you put a weight like gold, silver, or gold. Please mute your microphone. Please mute your mic. Thank you so much. So you put a weight on one side, like gold, silver, or bronze, which is known known weights to measure the other weights. So the word honor is the known weight, is the known weight of the gold or the silver. So when God says, honor your father and your mother, he says, know the weightiness of the gold in them. So that those parents who were building the golden calf were the same parents who believed God along with Moses, were the same parents who put the blood upon their doorposts, was the same parents who walked through the Red Sea. They were the same parents who entered the wilderness and followed a pillar of cloud and fire. So God was saying they are not perfect. They've got but you must know their measure of weight. Because if you don't know the gold and silver in them, when you enter the promised land, you will not know what you have as an asset. You will not know what has been given to you naturally in your DNA. By reason of the journey and by reason of the placement in the family that I placed you. So it may be broken, but there is yet something that is strong in it. So God says, no. And why am I saying this to you? Because like I said, as you pray, God will now say, this door is the door I want to put today. And you will now realize that behind that door, somebody that you have not spoken to in a while, and God begins to say to you, listen, you need the blessedness of this fellowship because there is a measure of weight in this person. And you need that measure of weight for you to be able to enter into the next level that I'm calling you to. And it may not even be a person. It may be a part of your life that you have refused to deal with. It may be an experience you have that you have shut down and you have said, God, I don't ever want to remember it. I don't ever want to know it. And God is saying, how about you look at it once again? I know that the last time you looked at it, what you saw was something that broke you. You saw only the worst and the terrible things in it. But I want to show you a new picture coming out of that seeming darkness. So when you pray, prayer is meant to drive you and take you through the doorways of the spirit into the current 
outdoors of God so that you don't miss your journey. Because in the, the thing about navigation and people who conceive will tell you and anybody who is navigating, just the slightest deviation, even by one degree, it may seem like one degree now, but as that one degree increases as you journey, after one hour, you would have been completely away from the path that you should have gone to. So that's why accuracy in the spirit is necessary. And prayer is meant to sharpen you and bring you into accuracy. Another thing that a condition for opening doors is separation. Now, the Bible began to speak in Numbers chapter 6 concerning the Nazarites. And it began to say that concerning these people, don't drink strong wine, don't cut your hair, don't have association with a woman, don't do this, don't do that. There were conditions attached to every promise of God in your life are conditions of consecration. Conditions of consecration. So you must be able to adhere to these conditions for you to be able to enter into the promise of God. Do you understand? So you must understand the conditions. You must understand the times and the seasons. And you must understand those who play a role. If you'll be able to access any promise that God gives to you, conditions, times and seasons and the key participants and those who play those who play a role, basically. So separation is one of the ways in which you are able to access those. Because if you notice in those days or even till now, when people want to come into an understanding of the place to go, what to do, they enter into the place of separation. Separation is not bad. Separation, a lot of times, is good. Remember what I taught you guys about the wilderness, about the Midbar. The Midbar is a place of speaking. It may be a place of separation, but it's a place of speaking. So as you enter into separation and consecration, things begin to you begin to see, you begin to understand, and you are qualified. You are qualified handle certain things because you have proven that you are a son of principle because you have proven that you are a son that can hold yourself back and you can withhold yourself from engaging in certain things because you see part of the problem with the fall in the garden of eden is that they could not show that they were able to handle or they could constrain themselves one of the things about esau is that esau also could not show that he could constrain himself so he was not given the birthright if you look constantly at people who lost things in the spirit realm and people who doors were shut to there were people who could not show restraint there were people who could not show constraint so your ability to show constraint and your ability to keep away for a while is part of the things that qualify you to open certain doors in the spirit realm look at daniel for example the bible records concerning daniel that daniel kept himself from the king's table he put a knife to his throat and i have in the book of the Psalms, he said, put a knife to your throat if you are a man that is given to appetite when you sit before the kings. And I said to you that the word throat is the Hebrew word nefesh, and nefesh means soul. So consecrate your soul. Be able to put a knife and say, I'm not taking it, I'm not receiving it. And as Daniel showed constraint, the Bible says that God gave unto him and the boys dreams, visions, revelation, and the ability to be able to dis- and interpret all kinds of um, dreams and visions. So you see, part of the things that open you up to the realm of visibility is your ability to show constraint separation. Another thing that makes it possible for people to be able to access and open doors is impartation. So you look at the story of Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah, the Bible records that while they were going into the place of Elijah's ascension, that um, Elijah was the one who struck the Jordan with his mantle. And Elijah took his mantle and struck the Jordan and the waters parted. Let me tell you something. If you like, carry stick, carry stone, carry agbada and strike 
uh, a water body is not going to part. The power was not in the cloth in itself. The power was in the person who possessed the mantle. There was something about that mantle that made it possible for when he struck the water. What did he do? That mantle spoke to every God, every spirit, every gatekeeper over the Jordan. And when they saw the mantle of Elijah coming down, they saw the authority of the God of Elijah. So when Elijah struck the water, it wasn't just a man that struck it. It was his authority and his power and his stewardship and his consecration in the spiritual that came down against every spirit in that water and it had to part even the fishes responded to him remember the seven spirits of god the spirit of adonai the spirit of the lord the spirit of the maker the spirit of the creator it was upon that man that is why he a sea and the sea parted no wonder when elisha was coming back also ah the god of my fathers and the water split. Why? Because what he was carrying is not just Elijah. He was carrying the office, the authority, the authorization that he had received by reason of his sacrifice. The other prophets were saying, oh, do you know that your, your prophet will be taken away today? But he did not only stand in information. He added to his information journey and sacrifice. And so when he received it, what he received was everything that he was able to do the work that Elijah did. Impartation is one of the ways in which you are able to open doors in the spirit realm. It's one of the ways in which you are able to access. So what did Elijah part? Elijah put up a door. Elijah opened the door. That did not exist. People just don't walk up to the Jordan and open it and close it as if you're opening your parlor door. You just don't walk up to a river and open them anyhow. But for you to do that, it is because you have the ability to open the doors of things that have been shut by reason of the principles of nature. You must have the spirit of Adonai upon you. But Elijah did what Elijah did also because of impartation. Impartation is one of the ways you are able to open. Um, I am tempted to go forward, but I will stop so that tomorrow we will continue about doors in the realm of the spirit. There is so much more uh, I haven't spoken to you about. I haven't spoken to you about closed doors, um, how to deal with closed doors. I haven't spoken to you about categories of doors, the different categories that you have and how to know that they are operational in your life. Um, but this morning, I want us to pray and I want us to go upon these things that I have taught you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you yes. so much. I can't remember the last thing you guys heard, but let's just go on. 
I want us to begin to pray as it pertains. And I was saying that there were there are six things that um, we spoke about. We spoke about conditions for accessing doors. Psalm 24, um, if you can see, if you can see um, prayer, fasting, separation, and then impartation. And we were speaking about these six lines and we say, hey, when you can meet these conditions, you become a person that is able to access spiritual doors and you are able to walk around them. So let us pray that Lord God Almighty, that as it concerns fasting and prayer, that Lord Jesus, this will not just be something that we do in the month of January, that this will not just be an act that we are going on um, in the time of prayer reign, but Father, let us begin to live a fasted life praying for the grace to stay in the posture and in the mindset of the fast. That Lord God Almighty, that something would happen in our spirits. Father, let the principles of our lives change. Let the conditions of our homes change. Father, give us the grace to be able to change the way we operate and our engagement, even with food and with the things that bring entertainment and leisure to our bodies. Father, give us a new set of principles because God, we recognize that by consecration we are able to access places in the realm of the spirit so father we are asking oh god that you will change our engagement that you will change our engagement that lord you will give us the grace to live this as a life let us see that we have oh god the fasted life the fasted life where everything about us when they will rise up in the morning let there be a consciousness of the fast where we go to work let it be a consciousness of the fast through january february march april may june july august september october november december father let this fire of a fasted life let it rest upon us in the name of the lord jesus my god i pray that you will break through our desires my god Break through my desires. My God, purify my desires. My God, purify my habits. My God, purify my hope. My God, purify the things that you mean so to be sure. So that consistently, Father, I will have a desire. My desire for that my desire for the flesh, that my desire for spiritual things will be greater than my desire for the things that I hunger for in the flesh. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us begin to pray now that God will teach us about prayer. Amen. God said to me, Pia, how do I learn to pray? You pray by praying. The way you learn to pray is by praying. But another way you learn to pray is that you stay with people of prayer. You connect yourself to a person. I'm not talking about connecting yourself to a person in your position. Those are two different things. Repetition is not prayer. Mm-hmm. Repetition is a chant and it is a cultural and traditional thing. I spoke about it and Jesus said, listen, don't be like the Pharisees on the Sadducees, all these people who pray so that they will be seen and they think that they will be heard by their repetitive words. Jesus said, that's not prayer. That's not how you pray. If you look through scriptures, all the times that Jesus prayed, Jesus always prayed something different because prayer is born out of revelation. Prayer is but you see, if you can truly pray, if you can truly navigate the realms of the spirit in prayer, prayer is your vehicle. Prayer is the chariot through which you ride through the spirit realm. The streets of heaven are filled with men of prayer. They are driving in vehicles of intercession. This is how you are able to move around in the spirit realm. So I pray, let us pray that God will show us how to pray. 
Because if you can pray, you will know how to access, access doors. If you can pray, you will know the gates that are opened. If you can pray, you will know the ways that are open to you in the spirit realm. Ask the Lord that the Lord will begin to show you, that the Lord will begin to teach you, that the Lord will begin to reveal to you how to pray. Father, show me how to pray. Father, for you this morning. If there is anybody on this prayer call that has been believing God for the infilling of the Holy Ghost, this morning, wherever you are, I want you to just raise your hand. And I want you to simply say, Lord, I receive you. God, I receive you. You may be in your room. I actually see a woman in her room. You're sitting on your bed with your two hands up. You have never prayed in tongues before. This morning, the Holy Ghost fills you up. This morning, the Holy Ghost fills you up. Can we all just pray in the spirit this morning? in case you are here, you are believing God for new tongues. In your room, raise your hand. Raise your hand in your room. I say, Holy Ghost, I receive you. Holy Ghost, I receive the new level of engagement. Holy Ghost, I receive new tongues. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. In your hands right now. to engage with him the way he used to. This morning is that moment. Lord, what has break loose from inside your stomach? Lord, what has filled your stomach? A shock at let the waters of God begin to bubble from inside of you. I begin to release right now articulation in the spirit. Articulation in the spirit. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. The Lord is releasing mantles, mantles of intercession, mantles of prayer, mantles of engagement in the world of the spirit. They are being released this morning. Oh, 
Shanda Barakosata. Come on, receive the light of Kumarabasata. The Lord is touching the light of some people. The Lord is touching the lips of some people. Right now, you begin to feel a burning fire on your legs. That is the angel of God placing coals of fire upon your legs. You saw me anointing you in a dream, me anointing you in a vision. The Lord says to say to you that He is the one that pours the anointing over you, and He's the one that pours His Spirit over you. Right now, we call for an activation of that which has been poured over you already. Today, out of the womb of prayer rain, I birth children of intercessions. Amen. Amen. Sons of intercessions. Amen. Amen. Name of Jesus, but people are coming out of this filled with power and filled with the Holy Ghost, with the ability to navigate through the realm of the Spirit, using their words as key and using their words as devices and as instruments to dig up paths. I declare that as long as you have a mouth that can speak, that nothing will be shut to you in the realm of the Spirit. Today you receive understanding, and there is a distilling of the God of grace over your life, that you may speak and you may see, and you may create in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Close this prayer call if you have the time. Stay back and take five, ten more minutes to pray for yourself when we end this call. Don't just go like that. Take time to pray for yourself. And, you know, keep singing that song over and over again. You know, cut through me, pierce through me, open me up, do surgical work in me. And I see like you said. Take time to pray for yourself because there were mantles we eat as we pray. There were mantles we eat where we pray. God began to take of it and give to you. It was released upon you. So take the time and let it distill and let it rest and receive it. And when, for those who the Lord gave new tongues and for those who the Lord filled up with the Holy Ghost, don't stop speaking. The key to being, to being fluent in the spirit is that you speak more, speak more, speak more. And you surround yourself with people who are speaking. That's why when you are learning a new language, the best way they tell you to learn it is go and live in the land. Because when you stand around people who are fluent in it, in the spirit realm, you get better at speaking it. When you stand around people who can pray, who can intercede, you get better at becoming an intercessor because you watch them how they navigate. So don't stop speaking. Stay in the place of speaking. And I know that the God of grace, 
who has brought us into this place. He will strengthen us. And as we come together again tomorrow, he will empower us with his precious Holy Spirit. Amen. And he will give us what we need to effectively open all the doors we need to open and shut all the doors we need to shut. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor Stephanie, is tomorrow the last day of prayer for the month of January? Or is yes. It it's tomorrow. Uh, it's tomorrow, yes. Okay. So make sure that when you're coming, you come with um, your bread and your wine. And make sure you just come with oil. So come with your communion bread and wine and come with oil. Because we're going to we just we'll bring, we'll break communion and we're just going to pray over the oil as a prophetic symbolism. And you would anoint yourself, you would anoint your children, your household, you know, and your house. And we're just going to trust God um, that by doing those things, we have opened a new door unto ourselves and our families. And it will be permanently open unto God. You know, so come tomorrow. Make sure you come ready. Uh, make sure you wake up your friend. Make sure you wake up your brother, your sister, everybody that is meant to be on prayer call. Wake them up because on Saturdays, we tend to want to sleep in. But tomorrow is not this last day to sleep in. Tomorrow is the Saturday to and it's the Saturday to wake people up because tomorrow we are going to end prayer reign for the month of January. But we'll come back in February and we're going to end in the strength of God. God bless you. God bless you. Um, once again, I love you. I appreciate um, journeying with you. Um, oh, somebody says she'll be in transit. The Lord, the Lord be with you. Um, uh, I don't know if you can connect. I don't know if there'll be internet on the, on the flight or at the airport, but you can plug something into your ears and just still um, make a journey with us. God bless you. Um, and I look Yes, prayer rain is every month. Prayer rain is every month. Um, but January, we, it's longer. But every month, we do like one week. You know, one week of fasting and praying. And, you know, we come up. Sometimes the Lord may say three days. The Lord may say two weeks. But prayer rain is every month. For January, we begin on the 1st of January again. So we enter the, the month with prayer rain. So we'll come again in January. And we'll just keep setting every month on fire. Remember, it's a fasted year. It's not just for January. It's a year, the fasted year. So I will, see you, I will see you all again tomorrow. I will see you tomorrow. Not February. I will see you tomorrow. So make sure you come yeah, again you. and come ready. God bless you. 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 God bless you.